This is the Shoot Once Podcast. I'm Frank Walker. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shoot Once Podcast. A proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network here. Um, the show's available anywhere you want to get it at this point. Um, uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you get podcasts. We've got the YouTube channel now, which is still working out the kinks. Um, as far as the quality on what we're doing on everything there, but I'd like to have the show available there, if nothing else. So we do have that going on as well. Uh, but another fun week here. Um, another week just, you know, <laughs> getting to the next thing, wanting to make everything work out. But it's uh, it, it's been interesting. Uh, the NHL has had plenty of things for us to talk about. And, and jumping into the number one story this week, the NHL has broached the idea... And it looks like as early as when you're listening to this, it may be official that they're going with a June draft, early June. Now, for those of you who are unaware, which are listening to a hockey podcast, I don't know why it would be, but normally the draft happens at the end of June after the Stanley Cup final and everything else, uh, normally right before the start of free agency. The amendments to what they're talking about in the draft... um, Essentially, they would rank teams based on points percentage as far as the draft order. Uh, And as far as the lottery goes, as far as determining who gets the number one overall pick, there would be an adjustment where it wouldn't just be that any team that didn't make the playoffs has a chance, but there would be one draft winner, and whoever that is would move up five spots. Uh, The intention of this, the, the original idea behind the lottery to begin with, was to try and discourage teams from tanking and I mean at this point in the season because the rules are already in place it, it doesn't feel like a team's getting around anything having the rules be different um, I, my my official position on this after seeing everything I've seen on this is that I, I'm still against it I've seen some arguments for it um, the two biggest ones in my mind being that a lot of scouts aren't under contract after June 30th. So essentially then all of those scouts are free agents. Everything they know, everything they've talked about with their teams as far as um, how they're, you know, what the draft boards look like, what their goals are, that sort of thing. So theoretically you could have a bunch of teams kind of losing who they're talking about there. I mean, you know, having having this, all their information getting out there on what's going on which would be less than ideal. But at the same time, uh, and the other argument for it being that uh, apparently the networks who cover the NHL are really big fans of the idea. And that's not... I wouldn't make that a point that as a fan I care that much about. I mean, it's important that the league has financial stability, obviously. And everything's crazy right now. My guess... um, is from what we've heard that NBC in the United States and Sportsnet in Canada have both said they will give the thing tons of coverage if it's done. And you almost wonder if there's some kind of side deal being worked. And I don't mean something where the NHL gets paid extra, but if you've been following along with what's happening on the business side of things for the NHL, if the Stanley Cup playoffs do not happen, uh, essentially there would, because they're still under contract, they would have a credit due to this broadcast network's next season. Um, and, and I was thinking about this, and I wonder if there's some kind of side deal being worked. Like, let's just throw a number out there. Let's just say that if the NHL doesn't do the playoffs, 
that they would owe NBC a credit of $100 million towards next season's payments. Party wonders if NBC is saying, hey, if you do the draft now, and we can get a full big draft, and we can have a lot of coverage on it, and we can have something to put on TV that's new, that might draw some more eyeballs. Let's say you do that. Maybe next year, if you end up not doing a playoff, instead of you owing us $100 million in credits, you only owe us $90 million? I mean, again, I'm just making numbers up, but that's the general concept. The idea being that maybe some kind of... They're willing to forgive some of that if the season doesn't play out. And the NHL, what we're hearing out of Bettman's office is essentially that if you end up canceling the season later, this is just one more thing you have to scramble to do. And you have time right now, so why not? In my mind, it kind of defeats what the draft has really become in the NHL, which is the trade deadline do, dose you know the sequel to it um obviously there's the picks but other than the first maybe five or ten picks and probably not even ten other than the first few picks very few of these guys are going to be in the nhl next season so you're not going to be seeing a lot of that going on apart from that you are going to you know so i mean it's not like those players are going to be moving up but those trades aren't going to happen i mean the one that i think blue jacks fans are probably most is it was trade it was a, a draft day deal that was the Brandon Saad for Artemi Panarin deal, which was amazing. But nobody's going to be making that deal if you have a draft on June 1st. Unless by June 1st you've set it down, oh, okay, well, when we come back to play, these teams aren't even coming back. And if they make a trade now, which you can, that player just can't play in the playoffs. But even then, like, again, just making up a deal. Let's say there was a one-for-one Josh Anderson for, um, and Josh Anderson's not a good example, but if you had a a one-for-one deal of a player that was on your team for somebody on another team and you thought the deal was good for you and they thought the deal was good, you couldn't execute that trade at the draft because, okay, the player you trade for, you can't get them to your team for the playoffs and the player you traded away won't get to play for your team in the playoffs. So there's no reason to do deals. It's, It's something that holds you up. It's... It's making that deal without it. And the thing is, the draft, they're saying right now they're going to take a month to put the draft together. Okay, put the plans together now. This isn't that hard. I mean, we saw the NFL pull it off pretty straightforward, and it's a lot of video calls. It's, I mean, we're all doing Zoom like crazy right now. I think the NHL can make a contingency. And, and I mean, if they cancel the season, they won't cancel the season until, you know, probably sometime in June is when they would cancel it. Okay, then you have July and August to do a draft. You'll have plenty of time to pull it off. You still have those 30 days if you cancel the season down the road. I don't see a reason to rush it other than just we want to get something on TV. We want to be doing something. We want to have something to put out there. It's almost like the NHL is looking at their situation. They saw the NFL have this awesome draft that was big. They see baseball, and baseball's not doing a lot. But then the Michael Jordan documentary gets on ESPN, and the NHL's like, there's nothing for us. We're not doing anything right now. We need to get back into this. To me, it doesn't make sense. I I don't see a reason to rush it, to do it any sooner than you need to. Um, So that's that's where I would be at it right now. So that's just my thought on what we're looking at. Next thing I want to talk about today, um, James Myrtle wrote a really cool piece on The Athletic about where he would project 
team salary caps to be next season. And he has the Blue Jacks ranked at having the 23rd most space. And I know what you might be saying. Hey, I looked at Cap Friendly recently. Our space is a lot higher than that. Why would he have us that low? The Blue Jacks have a good deal of RFAs to get under contract. Um, I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Josh Anderson being the two big ones right off the bat. Um, so they're going to have some work to do as far as that goes. Now, something he talks about here, dead money deals, Brandon Dubinsky, Scott Hartnell. He's assuming Dubinsky's going on an LTIR. He didn't this year, but that just might have been out of necessity. Something he says in the article, which I think is good, interesting, is he says if the Blue Jacks get creative, it wouldn't be hard to see them shedding out of the contract. We've talked on this show about what it would be to to essentially uh, uh, buy out like Alexander Wenberg and how much money that would save you. So I, I don't think the Blue Jacks are going to have a problem, per se, with where they're at in cap space uh, as far as this is all going forward. Um, they'll definitely have enough room to sign all the guys they have now. And this, this whole experiment he did was done assuming that the cap doesn't go up. But to give you an idea of where the Blue Jackets are in comparison to every other team in the league, as far as by his projections anyway on it, and I'm not sure. I think he just kind of estimated where agent, free agents would be at. Um, I don't think it's quite what the evolving hockey guys do. But this gives you a sense here of who he's talking about being in that top echelon with Ottawa and Detroit having the most space, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, New Jersey after that. Um, but very quickly, you're getting into kind of some smaller numbers. And you got some teams that are already going to be over. So it's going to be it's going to be tough for them. But this brought up another interesting idea that happened this week. Uh, KO Sports, um, Kurt Overhart, uh, an agent, put out an idea about a way to change the what's going to happen now with the salary cap as it is going into this year. Lots of teams are going to end up being over or, or going to be close on it because we're probably going to get a flat cap. There's going to be massive salary rollback. Maybe not not rollback, it's not the right word, but a lot of escrow. And the point he makes in this piece, and you can go search for it there, KO Sports, um, is that essentially there should be an exception player. And what he states here essentially is that you would have one player on each NHL team that the team could just say, yeah, the salary cap doesn't apply to him. Um, he's essentially outside the system. He's not subject to HRR. He's not any of this stuff. It's an okay idea, kind of, in theory. Um, I think you're, where you're going to have a lot of pushback is, hey, teams, this highest paid on cap player, he also doesn't get escrow. I don't think that's going to work. I don't think the players are going to deal with that well because, like, theoretically, let's take... Um, uh, I don't know. I just just throw a player. Well, Pierre Luc Dubois. He's a, he's a restricted free agent. Say the Blue Jackets go. Hey, you're going to be our exception player. We're going to pay you 13 million dollars a year. It's not going to count against the cap. If the Blue Jackets fan looking at the cap, you're like, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. But if you're every other player on the Blue Jackets, <laughs> the idea of saying he's outside the system when it comes to hockey related revenues, real nice in theory. But that doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden John H. McConnell and the Blue Jackets have more money to spend on players. So that's going to end up cutting into how much hockey-related revenue the Blue Jackets have. And then they're going to end up paying every other player who's going to have a higher escrow. So I don't even think the players would necessarily be for this. Now there's 
Uh, I saw one or two adjustments to it that if they did it, I wouldn't mind, and I think it would work okay. One, obviously, you'd probably have to tie it to HRR still. So they'd probably still be subject to, to escrow. But the idea of a, a contract that's outside of the cap sounds really cool to me. If you put on the condition that the player had to be drafted by that team. Uh, essentially, this being a rule to both increase pay for players uh, as far as the high-end guys and so that it doesn't become a huge advantage when it comes to making trades or free agency moves. And and the reason I say that is it, it would be very possible. I mean, and you'd have to work out all the details as far as, oh, well, what if I had a player who was my, my exception and then I wanted to switch it to somebody else and all this? That'd get real tricky. But the idea being... Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be a free agent this season, or a restricted free agent. If this rule goes into place now, you have a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have a lot of really good players and have so much money that teams like the Blue Jacks will never be able to compete on a money rate, money plane. What if they come and say, hey, you're going to be our exception player, PLD. Here's $15 million. Or, I mean, they probably wouldn't pay him that much, but maybe they would. Maybe they'd be like, hey, we just, we're just going to blow it out of the water. Let's go 15 or they go to uh, Matthew Barzal at, uh, at the Islanders, and they say, we're going to give you a 15 a year. And if you're Barzal or if you're PLD, you're going to get half that stick with the teams you're with. And, I mean, even if the Blue Jacks did make him their exception player, they probably wouldn't be able to hit 15. Or even if they did, the Maple Leafs would just keep throwing the one extra million on a year until the Blue Jacks couldn't match it. So very quickly, you can see where... Uh, you know, teams wouldn't be able to keep their homegrown talent if a richer team still had their spot open. Now, theoretically, you could turn it around the other way, but, you know, it's not how often is it going to be where the, you know, the best player on a team out of Chicago or Boston or something is coming up and Arizona all of a sudden has a bunch of money to spend or, or the Blue Jackets or the Florida Panthers or anything like that. It's just, I don't think the idea would work well long term. Uh, for the team, for the league there. I don't think it would be a good a good fit for what they're doing. So I'm not a huge fan of it there. Um, again, if you did it with that homegrown rule in place, uh, the player had to be drafted by the team, I would be all for it. I think it would be great. So lots of stuff going on. Again, I will might do like a midweek catch-up or something if, if we get news on this draft and how I think that might go. But I'm probably just leave it for next week anyway. But do want to thank you all for listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking out the YouTube channel, whatever you're doing. Want to interact with us, hit me up on Twitter at ShootOnesPod. Thank you very much for listening, and go Jackets. This has been the Shoot Once Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at ShootOnesPod.